0: All right, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Season three of the Red Talk podcast is here. Another season of football is upon us and we are so excited to unveil a few new sponsors here at Red Talk. The first being BetMGM Sportsbook, a world-class sports betting platform accessible online via the website or through the mobile app. App Bet MGM Sportsbook available in the Apple App Store. Sign up with Bet MGM today using promo code PLAY1000, no spaces, PLAY1000 for a risk free bet up to $1,000. The app works seamlessly. They have everything you could ever imagine on there player props, this guy to hit a home run, this guy to get a hit, baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis. Futures bets, everything you can imagine. Bet MGM Sportsbook available on the Apple App Store. Also, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the newest and most innovative DFS app out there. Underdog lets you parlay multiple matchups like total yards, total bases, total points with specific players to turn a few dollars into hundreds of dollars. Use promo code UD Promo22. For a free $100 bonus when you start playing, that's UD Promo 22. Sign up now and turn game day into payday. And I wouldn't be me if I forgot. O'Shea's Irish Pub, O'Shea's Irish Pub, three locations all around the Louisville area, Southern Indiana and Jeffersonville, 123 Main Street, downtown, 956 Baxter Avenue near Bartstown Road. The best service, the best bar, the best vibes in the entire city. O'Shea's Irish Pub doing better than ever. Open late. Come see us. All right, let's get it going. For Reddington. And it is not we this week. It is just me. Solo Red Talk. Uh, A.B. Austin Bickett is out. He's on the injury report this week. He's not going to be able to go. So you guys are stuck with me. That means a shorter episode. We are going to go over uh, what happened last week. Picks wise. I'll hit all the major games. And we're going to start off with uh, this basketball game. 12 o'clock on Saturday. Louisville, Kentucky. This is something that means a lot to this state. Uh, as a kid, whether you were a U of L or a UK fan, it was it was like the biggest day ever. You it was like the first time you really felt anxiety. I feel like as a fourth or a fifth grader, knowing you were gonna have to go to school and either be able to talk your trash or you were gonna hear about it for a really long time. And I think when you look at this game, 2022-23 season, both fan bases, it has to just kind of bum you out, like it. No matter how the teams are, every year you hear that CBS music and you're like, oh my God, the ball's about to be tipped. Here we go. It, it, it's a game that just does mean more than the rest, uh, I, I think, for both fan bases. And this year, with Louisville being a dreadful 2-11 and on the season, two wins, 11 losses, it, it just kind of bums me out. It, it should bum everybody out. I, most Kentucky fans... In my life, you know, they don't say anything mean about this team, which is so strange, but they really just feel bad. It, it destroys the concept and the feeling of a rivalry when your rival goes down the path that Louisville has gone down. And I think that most Kentucky fans, especially after last night, uh, Missouri shoots out of their mind. Uh, they're one of those teams that are great at home, and they played a great basketball game last night. And Kentucky could never really get close enough to make an impact, but... This UK team's eight and four. You know this isn't your uh, your classic Coach Cal team where you're going to be ranked in the top ten all season. In terms of the last decade, this is definitely a, a lower level Cats team. I mean, they're obviously way better than the the Brandon Boston nine and sixteen whatever that year was, but th- this team still lacks in a lot of areas. I don't think that's a hot take, but. I think Kentucky fans, you know, you're looking and you're watching your team and you're getting frustrated at uh, the way the offense ran, the way Xavier Wheeler just uh, plays basketball altogether at times. And you may, I don't know, there, there's no way you're worried about Saturday, right? I, I'm telling you as a little fan, I've been to the Ump Center about five times this year, and there is absolutely no reason for you to be worried. So Louisville's covered the spread twice this season, two times, um, in one win and in one loss. Thirteen games cover the spread twice. There's a website you can look at. It's like a shot quality website. I I think it's awesome. It'll always show you. This is the score of the game, and this is the score based on the quality of shots that these teams took. This is what the score should have been percentage wise, right? It's kind of a cool, cool thing to look at. Like, did we shoot out of our minds tonight? Did we make crazy shots? I don't know. Let's go find out. In Louisville's two. Wins against the spread. So that's going to be NC State and Western Kentucky. Uh, in, in both games, just absolutely made 40% more than the shots they expected to go in. You know, shot out of their minds to lose by 12 in their most recent game. And uh, shot absolutely out of I mean, I was in the house. And I, I felt like Louisville was better than WKU leaving that game. But then I looked at that side. I was like, oh, well. I guess we did make a, a lot of threes, and LL's poured them in from everywhere. I think he had 30 and 10 or something, but we are, we are far removed from that. I, I thought the Lipscomb, Lipscomb game, uh, the, the dancing beforehand, the lack of focus, the way that this Louisville team seems to make the simple things in basketball, the things that you should be getting better at as the season goes on, they make them look so hard. They make them look impossible, and I don't know that they've gotten any better. I don't, I don't know that they have a rotation figured out, but... I said this about last year's team, it's hard to figure out a rotation when you just don't have the the right guys to compete in the ACC or in a game of this magnitude. Because regardless of, of what I said earlier about how UK fans they, they probably do feel bad about how bad Louisville is and how it's taken away from the luster of this game, that's a hate-infused environment. Every year, no matter whether it's at the Yum Center, Rupp, if it is in non-COVID times and this place is sold out, it uh, it, it's it's hateful in there. There's energy. It feels like there's life or death with every possession. I think this year's going to be a little different. I don't think it's going to be that drastic, but that's how UK UFL stuff is. Uh, Guess the line. Um, it, This may sound a little crazy. I, I think UK is going to be fair by 265 Um I I don't see how it's less than that. There is no rivalry game throughout the record books because Louisville's been better than UK in this rivalry before. I'd say not as often as UK's better than UofL for sure. But, I mean, Louisville doesn't usually get up for this game. I don't think that's a a crazy thing to say. And um, I think they're going to get psyched out pretty fast by the... uh, by the crowd. And 26 and a half is a big number. I don't know that it's that. I haven't seen anything, usually college basketball. You have to wait until the night before to get information like that. But I would expect 26 and a half. You, you look at the Florida A&M common opponent, and you can say, okay, Louisville's fair by 18 against Florida A&M. Never had a chance to cover 18. Won by like six. Florida A&M's a bottom five team in all of Division One, 300 plus teams. Uh, UK was favored by 40 when that went off. Minus 40, and they only won by 18. You know, they were never threatening to cover that spread either, but that should tell you a little bit about the gap, and I think UK's gone down a little bit, but Louisville's gone down, like, a a lot of bit, and I think Vegas is tired of losing money when it comes to this Louisville basketball team. The NC State line was 18. That is a giant line for an unranked NC State team. What have they done? They haven't beaten anybody, and Louisville covers that spread somehow, God willing but yeah i i think 26 and a half is the right number here I'd, I'd be surprised if it was lower than than 22. college basketball it's really hard to tell especially when you get into this mid-range of the season where you get some good and some bad from everybody and the, the inconsistencies exist more with college hoops than they do with college football but yeah i'd say 26 and a half uh it mainly my my thoughts around it it's it's just a bummer it, it sucks that that game is gonna tip off and I won't get that anxious nervous feeling of, man I want to beat these guys so bad and and that really my, my cat's friends aren't gonna have it either and that's uh, one of the thousands of things that have sucked about this uh, first 13 games of the Kenny Payne experience. uh on to some football so, Uh, obviously no Austin Bickett we're going to bounce around a little bit but I'm going to try to cover everything that um, is going to go on I do have our stats from last week last week nine and two for me nine and two that's pretty good I'm officially above 500 on the year Austin went he says I went four and six with this final Syracuse drive left five and six congrats to austin on the big syracuse cover down the stretch there not sure what bowl game that was but they were getting like 10 against minnesota so good job to him there five and six for austin nine and two for me i do have all his picks as well so we'll go through those new year six college football playoff coming up this weekend so that means michigan tcu and georgia Ohio State. I think these are going to be some fun matchups. I've, I've gone back and forth. I've, I've wanted to talk myself into a world where I like TCU to win or I like Ohio State to win. I really am not a Stetson Bennett fan in the slightest. Uh, don't see myself ever cheering for that guy, but uh, let's let's go through them. So TCU, Michigan. This is uh, the Fiesta Bowl, two versus three. Michigan is favored by eight. Total set at 58 and a half. Ah, Michigan, undefeated. TCU coming off a loss in the Big 12 title to Kansas State. TCU has weapons. Uh, running back Kendre Miller, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the uh, big Megatron-style wide receiver on the outside, is a stud. Probably the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. He's he's fun to watch. His receiving total is 70.5 on this game. Uh, I, I would expect that uh, happen in the first half even if they try to take him away uh, I still think he's going to find a way to get his and in 58 and a half is it's a big number it, it for a game of this magnitude it seems like Michigan is they feel like a classic under team right they, but I think TCU has the guys to put up some points in this game obviously uh, Max Duggan a, a Heisman finalist uh, he will beat you he will hurt TCU at times I don't really know what to expect. I don't know if TCU is the happy-to-be-here team when it comes to this college football playoff. If there is one, it definitely can't be Michigan, Ohio State, or Georgia. It's just not. like These teams have, have been there. Michigan only their second year, but were there last year. Came up short. They have potential to be the happy-to-be-here team. Let's see if Austin has a pick on that guy. I, I do not have one. He's going to take TCU plus eight. So I guess he's banking on this star power keeping him hanging around, but they, they may do it. Uh, Michigan, I mean, the Big Ten is is very very down. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State they played each other. Michigan dominated, incredible victory, and then Penn State is kind of in the Rose Bowl without having beaten anyone. Lost both those games to Ohio State and Michigan, and you know they. Played the rest of the Big Ten, and one not one other team in that conference scares you in the slightest bit. So TCU is going to be the second-best team or the best team that Michigan's played this year, and, and that could be a factor, so he's going with uh, TCU plus the points there. Uh, the second game, Georgia and Ohio State. Austin doesn't have a play for this one. Georgia is favored by 6.5, total set at 62 Man, I've wanted to talk myself into Ohio State so, so badly. Georgia's lost one game in the last two years. That's uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty dominant. That game that they lost, remember that? That was the SEC Championship. Didn't totally need it. But they they lose to Bryce Young and a healthy Alabama receiving core. The star power at quarterback and the receivers burnt them a little bit. They didn't have the firepower to match. And that defense that once looked so dominant was dominated by quick passes and and they finding the slots in the middle of the field you left that game thinking oh well alabama's back and then in the national championship people forget alabama's looking pretty good in that first quarter and then jameson williams goes down and and things change pretty drastically i've wanted to talk myself into ohio state i unfortunately just can't do it i i have to go with georgia i'm going to take georgia minus six and a half as an official pick here the physicality is, is everything to me. And Georgia's found a way to get up for these big games all year. LSU SEC Championship. Uh, LSU, like, played okay in that game. Like, they went straight down the field twice to start the game, had that weird kick block. The, the ball didn't quite settle, and Georgia gets a free seven points out of it. But Georgia hung 50 on them. And then Oregon ended up being a, a, a pretty damn good football team this year. And Georgia absolutely annihilated them. That, that – that feels like, what, like eight years ago? Week one, back in the day. But this game is in Georgia. And uh, I would expect Georgia to win this by more than a touchdown. So, who knows where that puts us for the playoff. I, I do like the four teams. I, I felt like last year with Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati, Bama, th- this feels a little more fun. It feels like there's a world where we could get a 3 versus 4 or, or we could see an upset in one of these games. So, that's, uh, that's exciting. You know, I'm I'm pumped up to watch football all day. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, other bowl games. So we do have a absolutely packed weekend. Uh, this is coming out on Thursday night, Friday morning. So we have five bowl games on Friday. 12, 2, 3, 30, 4, 30, 8 o'clock. That's going to be fun. Orange Bowl, Friday night. Clemson, Tennessee. How orange can an orange bowl get? Different shades of orange. It's the just orange bowl of all time, Austin's going to put out Clemson minus four here. Tennessee's got a lot of dudes out. They do. Uh, obviously no Hendon Hooker. I don't think we see Jalen Hyatt in this one. I like Joe Milton, Tennessee's backup quarterback. Uh, there's a weird loophole where Tennessee has another quarterback who's supposed to be an absolute badass that could actually play in this game if want. He had to sit out this whole season, but uh, just to further the point that bowls just don't matter at all. He's, somehow eligible to play in this game uh, he's taking Clemson minus four um if I had to pick one and take Tennessee I, I don't have an official pick for this game but um, a lot of orange a lot of orange out there I, I think you know Tennessee if you think vibes, that's the best Tennessee football season we've seen in a long time. And they still have a, a lot of very good players. I I think this game could go either way. And and what who did Clemson really impress all year, to to be honest? I, obviously I, I think they're at a stronger position at quarterback with DJ heading to Oregon State and, and then finally having their guy. But I don't know. If I had to take somebody I'd take Tennessee, Austin's gonna go with Clemson. So the rest of his place, Austin's gonna take the Cats. Plus one and a half at 12 o'clock on Saturday during the Music City Bowl. Cats football and basketball, 12 o'clock on Saturday. What a day for Big Blue Nation. Iowa is favored by one and a half here. The total on this game is 31. Uh, I don't have to do a lot of research to tell you that's the lowest for a bowl game ever. Uh, Iowa went uh, during that stretch, uh, first three weeks of the season, without scoring an offensive touchdown. Um, it, It I don't know. Yeah, at first two weeks. Sorry, South Dakota State. They win seven three defensive touchdown, uh, and then they lose to Iowa State ten to seven. They've scored a little bit more since then. Don't even get me started on how they dropped fourteen on Michigan. Don't know how many of those were defensive. Fifty four to ten to Ohio State. That's pretty pitiful. Uh, best win is probably at Purdue twenty four to three. Purdue, pretty good coach, I heard. Uh, Wisconsin twenty four to ten as well. Uh, this, the both these teams have a lot of guys out. Uh, a classic bowl opt-out spot. Uh, apparently, there's just NFL talent just everywhere when it comes to Iowa and Kentucky. But Iowa and Kentucky are both missing their starting quarterbacks in this one. Uh, two very good defenses as well. I think that's why you see such a low total. Uh, I think Austin's play on this is, hey, it's my team in a bowl game. Why not? I did have with the little Fenway Bowl. It worked out. I kind of like Kentucky in this one. Uh, I was there at Kroger Field. Um, I experienced the nightmare. It wasn't, wasn't a good time cheering against those guys. And I uh, definitely don't think Levis is the only thing that matters about that team. Obviously, Sea rod uh, running back, he's he's going to be out as well. But they, they usually have kind of a stable back there. Uh, Barion Brown, uh, threat from anywhere. This could be a great opportunity to get him involved. There were some Tennessee transfer rumors you heard with him. Uh, and then right when he threw L's down at me on the Jumbotron while the punt was in the air... I knew that he was destined to graduate a Wildcat. So uh, with him out there, I, I like Kentucky too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Kentucky plus one and a half and uh, join my Cats people while still viciously cheering against them and hoping the cards can cover 26 and a half on the, uh, on the other screen. Uh, Austin's going Mississippi State, Max Whale play. That's uh, his words there. So obviously... Everybody knows about the tragic death of Mississippi State's current head coach, Mike Leach. Uh, Very, very sad. They are minus one and a half in the ReliaQuest Bowl against Illinois. Illinois, real quick, pretty good season, 8-4. and Uh, that's, That's pretty good for Illinois. They've lost three of their last four to Michigan State, Purdue, and Michigan, but... This is closest the closest Michigan game of the season. 19-17, a very questionable call down the stretch. Costs Illinois the outright victory. I think they were getting 17-18 in this game, and they should have won. That's uh, not been an overstatement. Very, very debatable call. Keeps Michigan in that game on the last drive to kick the game-winning field goal. This Illinois team is not to be not to be reckoned with, but some things are bigger than sports. Uh, I, I do understand that. Uh, Mike Leach's last game as a head coach at Electric Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, Ole Miss 24-22. Um, y- you have to think that these players for Mississippi State just flat out care more. So I, I completely see the logic on the uh, Maxwell play. That still only counts for one uh, in terms of on here. We don't do the unit thing. So so far, Clemson, uh, Austin has Clemson minus four, TCU plus eight, Kentucky plus one and a half, Mississippi State minus one. His last one's going to be Tulane over 62 and a half. This is the Cotton Bowl. How about this game? Tulane, uh, a season of a lifetime. They, they finish the regular season ranked 16th. They come into the Cotton Bowl with only two losses, and they get to play the big bad usc trojans usc is minus one and a half in this one the total is 62 and a half i I would expect some points i have a pick on this game as well i am gonna take the bait and take usc minus one and a half Uh, i think caleb williams is gonna play he's listed as probable he's coming back to school i never understand why these guys that are coming back to school sit out the bowl game and we, we've seen more often than not this year, the ones that are coming back, like the Austin Reed situation at WKU, obviously different caliber players, but he enters the portal, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to play. And then Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina, Austin and I last week, he's not going to play, we're going to take East Carolina, East Carolina still rather easily covered the spread, 7.5. But Grayson McCall goes out there and plays, his name's still in the portal, he just wanted to play for Coastal Carolina one time. So I think uh, Caleb Williams is going to play. Jordan Addison, star wide receiver, is out. That is a problem. Don't get me wrong, but Taj Washington still going to be out there. I, I'm just I, I know this is probably the biggest game Tulane will ever play in the history of their school, but I, I was born to take this bait. So I'm going to take USC. That is all of Austin's college picks. So now let's do mine. So I've given out three so far. Alabama minus. Six. I don't like doing this. I don't like cheer for Alabama. But I'm going to do it here. Bryce Young is going to play. Will Anderson's going to play. Nick Saban talked all that trash. He went on the Big Ten halftime show and basically said, TCU horrible loss put us in the playoff. They didn't end up doing that. I thought they kind of should have. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody knows I'm an Alabama hater through and through. But hey, Alabama... Lost two games this year on the last play of the game. Uh, field goal from Tennessee when they had Hooker when they were top five team in the country. Probably still are if Hooker is healthy. And uh, lost to LSU when Magic was in the building in Death Valley on a two-point conversion. And LSU had a damn good team. And those losses are both on the road. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, Alabama would be favored by seven against TCU, and that was Saban's point. But that's not how they... Is that how they uh, pick the teams? So they have to play Kansas State now after he called TCU's loss a bad loss. And this is the Sugar Bowl. When When is the Sugar Bowl at noon? You know, I don't, I don't understand that. But I'm going to take Alabama minus six. I think that they're going to care. They're two and two against the spread in their last four in non-playoff bowl games, right? So I like them here. I, I think that... Um, they come out and make a statement, and uh, this is Bryce Young's last game at Alabama, and he was an absolutely phenomenal college football player, very fun to watch. So I- I'd expect him to put on one more show for the tie. I got one more pick to give here. There are a ton of bowl games. Because we, we were kind of, you know, scratching and clawing trying to find games, and there are some really good ones. LSU's minus 14.5 in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, Purdue being led by Brian Brom here. Brian Brom, Cardinal legend, is uh, interim head coach for Purdue in this spot. It's kind of fun. LSU, Jaden Daniels is returning. Uh, This line is absurd. I know Purdue's quarterback's not playing and the receiver and the tight end, and they've had a ton of people hit the portal since Brom went to Louisville, but This line is crazy to me. LSU is missing their entire defensive line. Kayshawn Boutte says, I'm coming back for 2023. Let's run it back. That's LSU's best wide receiver. And then he says, I'm not going to play in the bowl game, but I'm still coming back. And then an hour later, this is all last night, by the way, says, I'm just going to go to the draft. I'll see you all later. So he's not going to be playing. Uh, LSU is still going to, you know, obviously produce overmatched, to to say the least. Jaden Daniels is playing LSU's quarterback. So... I like LSU to win the game, obviously. I think 14.5 is is just a, a little much. So I'm not going to give that out. I'm going to go to the Rose Bowl on Monday night. I'm going to take Utah minus 2.5 against Penn State. Not a big fan of this one. I was when the Bulls came out. Uh, Utah was my favorite against the spread. Like, it's something that you see and your eyes light up. Like, I can't wait to give this out. And... Utah's, like, whole team opted out somehow. Uh, Another kind of surprising, obviously Utah's had a very strong football program for the last five years or so, but you just wouldn't think, like, Utah, they probably have a ton of guys opting out of the Rose Bowl. Of the Rose Bowl. That used to be a big deal, right? But they uh, they have a lot of guys not playing. I think the quarterback plays, but uh, Dalton Kincaid, the – the tight end, that's a, that's a really big deal. A little speedy wide receiver on the outside. He's not playing. We did see the converted quarterback turned running back for Utah. Utah's best player, obviously, or arguably, was their running back for most of this season. That's Tavion Thomas. 142 carries, 687 yards, seven touchdowns. He hurts his toe with like two weeks left, and uh, they, they have to make a change. They put in a gentleman named Jaquindon Jackson. He is a quarterback that now plays running back at Utah. He came me out there in the Rose Bowl. 13 carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns against USC in the Pac-12 title. 47-24, stomping that Utah put on USC to eliminate them from the college football playoff. Mike and Bernard's a stud, too. They have two horses in the backfield that I think are still going to be enough to beat a Penn State team who beat no one. They are in this game by default. Uh, they, I hate the opt-outs for Utah because the line didn't drop hardly at all. It opened at three. It's two and a half now. Uh, Clifford is going to play for Penn State, at least from what I've seen so far. So I, I, I love Utah here, and uh, that's that's going to do it for our, uh, for our college picks. Let's see, NFL Week 17. So I, I did really well with my NFL picks. Austin is the stat guy on this show, so I don't exactly remember what they were, but uh they were good. I know I had the Bengals, no other Rams. That worked out. This the pretty quick test, how, how did do I do? How did the Bengals and Rams do against the spread? Rams absolutely throttle the Broncos in the Red Talk bowl. 51 to 14. Austin Bickett tweets in the middle of the game. If this game gets Nathaniel Hackett fired, I will order a Will Reddington custom Rams jersey. What happened? 51 14, the game gets Nathaniel Hackett fired, and he orders me a custom Will Reddington Rams jersey from DH Gate. That'll probably, you know, just, it'll probably be like a Colorado State Rams jersey or something. It'll still be cool. I still appreciate the gesture. So as we move into week 17, uh, this is a part of the year where things get weird in the NFL. There's a Thursday night game tonight. This is coming out after that is played, but. Uh, the Titans are plus 14. This game means nothing to them. Uh, they're starting Joshua Dobbs, Tennessee legend at quarterback. They've completely given up on Malik Willis. I don't really blame them. But uh, no Derrick Henry. Their injury report is like a textbook. And the Cowboys are still still kind of in play for the one seed, uh, assuming they win tonight. But the Eagles would have to lose their last two. That feels unlikely. And uh, it, this is the part of the year where you have to question some teams Motivation, right? Like these bowl games we've been talking about. So the Chargers have clinched a playoff spot. Uh, The Bengals and Ravens have both clinched a playoff spot, uh, but they still, that that division's up in the air. The Chargers are basically just playing for seeding at this point. Uh, The Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, there is a path for all three of those teams to get the one seed. Obviously, we have that mega Monday night matchup, Bills, Bengals, in the jungle. That's going to be fun. Bills fair by one and a half. But there is still things to play for, but there also is, you know, a lot, lot not to play for. And some with a Texans win, that number one pick is kinda in play. You know, how bad are the Bears gonna look? Probably pretty bad. They probably want that number one pick. Uh, I don't think they'd use it on a quarterback, but they could possibly trade down, and get some more draft capital. They I think their quarterback's pretty good. They could probably use some other players. So it is that time of year. Fantasy championships are going on and um It it gets tough. It gets a little tougher when we have to do this. Uh, We'll we'll start with uh, Austin's first pick here. Panthers plus three. The NFC South championship, basically. So somehow, the Panthers, at six and nine, are just hanging around. And if they win this game, they control their own destiny and can win the division. All they have to do is go into Tampa Bay and beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Easier said than done. The Bucs are seven and eight. And man, you watch... like quarters one, two, and three of some Bucks football, you're going to have a bad time. Then at some point in that fourth quarter, if they're playing a really bad team, you're going to be like, here he comes. Here comes the goat. He's going to do it again. And he does. I got to say that um, Christmas night, I I went and saw Avatar Way of Water on Sunday night on Christmas. And uh, the movie's pretty good, by the way. The the longest movie I've ever watched. I, I walked out and thought it was February. But did enjoy the film. But... Got out of the movie as saw it was 16 to 6 and you're thinking, now oh, cool, like this this is probably gonna go to overtime or the Bucks are gonna win in regulation. Like they're they're going to figure it out because Trace McSorley is eventually gonna stop scoring points at the Arizona Cardinals and and they're gonna start throwing the ball. That's what they do. They they try to establish the run the whole game. You would think they'd be able to do that with a uh, stud like Leonard Fournette, a giant guy and a really speedy guy uh, in the Arizona State rookie, Rashad White. And they just can't. They just can't run the ball. And once they open it up and they play a two-minute offense the whole game, it, it seems to work. This is a really tough one. Austin is going with the Panthers. I, I know that he's over this um, Tom Brady train. I, he he hates it. I'm taking the Bucks Minus three. Hand up. Uh, I, I Kind of been on the right side of a, a few of these late game comebacks. Uh, and it's one of those things like you just have to get in. Whoever wins this division, whether it's the Bucs or the Panthers, you're going to host a playoff game and you're going to have to play the Cowboys. And they're probably going to be favored by six or seven in your place. But you still never know what's going to happen. You're going to be at home in your crowd, especially if it's the Panthers, right? I mean, they, they haven't hosted a playoff game in a, what feels like a while, the Cam Newton era. That crowd's going to be crazy. And, you know, things happen. Football games are long, but they can also become short if you can run the ball like the Panthers can and dominate possession. Both these teams are going to want this one. And I do think the Panthers are, you could make a case that they're going to want it more because they they haven't been there as often. But I I like the Bucs here. I, I still think that we're so destined to get that four or five Tom Brady against the Cowboys first round. And isn't that probably what the NFL wants too? Can't you see the Bucs getting some some questionable calls in, in this one? So I, uh, I definitely think that that is a possibility there. Austin's next pick, he's going with the Jags, minus four. Jags and Titans in a strange situation this week. Jags play the Texans, minus four on the road. That's pretty light. Jags look great. Trevor Lawrence has been awesome. Defense has been fantastic. They don't need this game. This game doesn't matter. Next week, week 18, probably Sunday night football. The winner of the Jags-Titans, is going to decide the FC South. That's how it is. So I, I can't say I necessarily agree with this one because you have to question the motivational level. Obviously, I always thought the, you know, stay hot. Stay hot. What another game? What's it hurt? Go, go beat the Texans. How hard is that? I don't know. I don't know what the Jags' motivation looks like there. Uh, next, he's going with the Patriots, minus 2.5. Patriots hosting the free-falling Miami Dolphins. Dolphins now lost four in a row. Tough Christmas 1 o'clock performance. Probably should have won that game against the Packers. Zero points in the second half. Rodgers made some mistakes, but he made some big plays. And, you know, really made some big plays? The defense. If you want to call getting thrown the ball just straight into your chest, uh, big plays. Because that is what happened. Jair with a big pick. Go Cards. But uh, the Dolphins don't look so good. And they could still turn around. They can still make the playoffs. They're 8-7. and seven. They got a game. They... Their playoff percentage has gone from ninety nine percent to seventy three to, to like fifty now, and probably lower now that we know that Tua has his second diagnosed concussion of the year. But we all know it's probably probably three. Um, we remember the Dolphins had a staff member fired for how they handled that earlier in the season. Uh, obviously, a really ugly ugly scene uh, in the jungle against the Bengals when he held his hands out and everything. He's got another concussion. I don't think we see him for the rest of the year. I don't think that's, uh, that's that bold to say. So, are we going to see Teddy Bridgewater? I don't know. Last time we saw him, he got hurt. Are we going to see Skylar Thompson? I don't know. This Patriots team, strong second half against the Bengals last week. They had some uh, some miracles. Uh, uh, hail mary tipped for a touchdown, and the Bengals had a strip sack that they scored. They were like, "No, whatever. Just give the Patriots the ball. Give them a chance. It'll be fun." I don't hate this pick. I think the Patriots are also very due to win a game. And look, the Patriots have lost two in a row too. And, and two in just wild fashion. I mean, the Raiders backwards Hail Mary that uh, gets picked off and Mac Jones gets uh, put into the uh, the crest of the earth. And then um, the Bengals game where they had no business being in that game. The Bengals put it on cruise control. Lyle Collins gets hurt. It's a huge deal. Uh, they finally got a pass rush after that. Ramondre Stevenson fumbles on the five. The Patriots are about to win that game. Come back from being down 22-0 and win that game in a miracle fumble. Gets the Bengals their, uh, I don't know, eighth, eighth, ninth straight win, something like that. They they didn't lose in November or December for the first time in franchise history. Uh, I'll say it. Probably should have lost that one. Deserved missing extra points and uh, just giving the Patriots as many opportunities to win as you possibly can. I don't don't hate this uh, Patriots minus two and a half. I, I don't have it. He's going with the Niners-Eagles teaser. Let's see what we got here. Niners minus nine and a half at Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr benched. We had Jarrett Stidham going out there for his uh, first NFL start. Yeah, I think the Niners could win that one by three and a half. We'll see. Devontae Adams not happy about his partner being benched. Uh, Derek Carr did not look that great on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, but hey, that game was like negative 14 degrees. Neither quarterback looked very good. I, I get it. Derek Carr's Having a tough year. Not, a, not terribly mad at it. The Eagles play the Saints. They're at home. Uh, I don't know if we're getting Jalen Hurts. Not sure. Kind of don't think we are, but Minshew, they, they scored 34 last week. They had a defensive touchdown. So, you know, make that 27. That, that's, that's pretty good. It feels like they can they beat the Saints. Uh, the Saints coaches, I just don't know what they're doing. Like, last week was such a prime, let's put Taysom Hill Back here and snap it to him every time. But instead they're doing these direct snaps to Kamara. And thank the Lord they're playing against Deshaun Watson. So it just did not matter and they won the game anyway. The Saints are not eliminated. They have the same record as uh, the Carolina Panthers. So obviously they, they just need to win here. And then they play the Panthers the last week. We'll get into tiebreakers and all that next week. I, I don't have time for it tonight, frankly. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't hate that teaser there. And Austin's last pick is one that I, I'm with him on. He's got the Giants, minus five and a half. Giants, playing some good football. Saquon's been awesome. They have no receiving core. Daniel Jones looks like he's about to get extended. I can't believe it. Uh, defense, the Thibodeau draft pick was it just, it's, it's been incredible. Dude's a stud. They are minus five and a half at home against the dreadful, dreadful, and a team that has their first round pick and is benefited by losing as much as they can, the Indianapolis Colts, and my God. Wouldn't you know it if you watched Monday Night Football against the Chargers. They scored three, three points, entire game, and I can't believe they got those three. They started Nick Foles. That is basically, they, do, they not, do they not know that Wimbledon was like a basketball thing? Like, I, I don't really understand uh, what what the Colts are out there trying to do. But they're, they're definitely trying to get one of these quarterbacks. They lose to the Eagles by one point on November 20th. It um, was not something I was part of, but my friends at Roosters were going nuts when that was going on. It loses the Steelers by seven. Ah, you know, kind of close. You know, that's a tough loss. They lose to the Cowboys fifty-four to nineteen Sunday night football. It's their third loss in a row. And you're like, okay, this was twenty-one to nineteen like ten minutes ago, and now it's fifty-four to nineteen. That's that's not very good. And then the Vikings beat them on the seventeenth and pull off the largest comeback in NFL history. I'm not saying this team's trying to lose because when you watch them it doesn't really feel like they're trying to lose it feels like they're just horrendous uh the Darius Shaq Leonard injury uh obviously derailed the entire defense Jonathan Taylor uh where are you Jonathan Taylor oh, where wh- where's he been what's he doing he's out for the season he uh is he was my one one in fantasy I'm still in the title I don't I don't like that guy a lot right now. And then the Chargers, 20-3, an absolutely pathetic performance to uh, to finish what was really a, a great week of, of watching football with uh, the Sunday move to Saturday, kind of that, that old deal. At the Giants, minus 5.5, the Colts have been outscored 84-3 in the fourth quarter, I believe, in the last five games. That's not very good. Uh, most of that does come from uh, the Vikings and the Cowboys, however I will say. I'm on the Giants, minus 5.5. So that, that's Austin's full card. Let's get to mine. My first pick, second pick, because I do have a Giants. Second pick, I'm going to go with the L.A. Rams plus six and a half against the L.A. Chargers. So, uh, classic Lakers, Clippers, switch locker rooms. I don't, I don't know if they get to keep Sam L.A. You know, I, don't, I don't know how that works. But, um... It's going to be Chargers paint on the field. Uh, this game is at SoFi. Uh, both teams play there. They probably kind of enjoyed this week. of you know, Christmas and New Year's Eve, uh, hanging out in L.A. the whole time. Uh, Rams played at home last week, 51-14, to 14, throttling of the Denver Broncos. The Rams got nothing to win and nothing to lose here, right? Uh, every player that won the Rams the Super Bowl last year, they're all sitting out. They're all not playing. And they go out there and play the most offensively efficient game in All of the NFL this season. Real stat. Rams. Week 16 against the Broncos. Broncos had a great defense. Uh, They rolled them. Cam makers look like Barry Sanders. I don't know what that was. But if you're going to give me six and a half with the Rams, who are clearly going to keep trying to an extent. I mean, the Packers game, I thought the effort was poor. But also, it's like really, really cold. And and they're just not that good. They're in the same stadium. And the Chargers, is Eckler going to play? I don't know. Is Herbert going to play? Probably. You know, you're still looking for... Seating and, and whatnot, but how how big of a difference does it really make? I I think the 5 seed, I, if I was the Chargers, I would try because I would really want that 5 seed. I would want the Bengals to win the North, and I would want to end up with a better record than the Ravens. So I could play the Titans or the Jacks. That is way different than playing the Chiefs, Bills, or, or Bengals in the first round. But they're in. They haven't been able to get in now in, in several years, so that is a big step for the Chargers. I'll take the Rams, plus 6.5 here. My next pick, um, if Austin was here, I'd say, do you want to guess? It is, the Bengals, plus one on Monday night. I don't feel as good about this one. I I feel like I should be taking the bills. I'm not going to do it because the Bengals have been so fantastic. Um, They're so balanced on both sides of the ball. And that second half against the Patriots really concerns me. And Lyle Collins going out, uh, right tackle, and how that offensive line looked so bad at the beginning and have looked so great for the last two months. And he goes out, and he's replaced by a guy that was it was picked on during the during the Super Bowl and, and down the stretch in the playoffs. I don't know. There's magic in, in the jungle in primetime games. And I, I think they find a way to win this game. The Bills kind of do some dumb stuff out there. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Poyer both didn't practice today. Diggs is sick, so I'd, I'd expect him to, to play by Monday night. But uh, the Bengals receiving core is healthy. Uh, they're getting Hayden Hurst back. Uh, McPherson's been been terrible hopefully these last two games at home and then the home playoff game uh, assuming that happens hopefully it happens may get him right but I'm gonna believe that the the week of here's our five guys that are gonna block for you Joe uh is a little more helpful than we're gonna throw this guy in because a tragic injury just happened in front of our eyes Bengals plus one at home mainly because I think the line's wrong I, I think the Bengals should be favored by at least a point maybe two here uh e- even a field goal I wouldn't like you know Be shocked, no gasps. So, I I have to take uh, the Cincinnati Bengals in this spot. So, I have the Giants, Rams, and Bengals so far. My next pick is going to be the Packers, minus three. I'm going to buy the half point, I have to do it three and a half, three. The Vikings, 12 and three. Can still maybe get the one seed. It's still out there for them. Uh, Impressive win last week against the Giants. Giants played all right. And uh, the Vikings, just another close game that they found a way to win. I respect the Vikings. I I don't think fraud is the right word to describe them. I think, like, uh, unfeared is maybe the the proper way to describe the the Minnesota Vikings of this season. The Packers need this game, and the NFL needs the Packers in the playoffs. So I'm going to take the Packers minus three here. Uh, They... They still aren't setting the world on fire. He, Rogers still misses some throws where you're like, oh, like, I've never seen you miss this streaking dude down the middle before. And it's it's a huge swing. It's, it's a seven-point swing, maybe more right there. How did that happen? But they've been making the plays down the stretch. Lazard looks better. Uh, Christian Watson looks like a young star. Obviously, both running backs are studs. And mainly the defense has really turned it on for the last three weeks. I like the Packers minus three here. I think they stay in the hunt. And if they win, you know that that sets up a Lions-Packers Week 18 game that could also be flexed into the Sunday night slot, which sounds a lot more fun to watch than um, the uh, Titans and the uh, Jags. It, it usually is that AFC South game though, and it, right, it, it usually is. It's usually Colts-Titans for for a playoff berth, but this year it's the Jags. It's kind of fun. Um, okay, and my last pick of the week. I hate this one. I hate it. I hate it. I'm gonna take the Browns plus two. I can't stand it. I hate saying it. I, I can't stand the Browns. I think Deshaun Watson being paid all that money and playing is, is just a joke. And I think Cleveland fans are starting to agree now. Uh he he's looked terrible. Guy hadn't played football in two years, whose fault's that? He hadn't been hurt. I'm gonna take the Browns plus two here because I think the NFL wants Packers in the playoffs. And what does that mean? They need the commanders to lose. The commanders are going back to Carson Wentz here. Uh, he came in in the Niners game. The game was already completely out of hand, but I think you kind of lose a locker room when you do that. I think Heineke was a guy that his teammates played hard for, and, and you heard that in the post game. And I think Carson Wentz is more talented than Taylor Heineke. I don't think that's even close to an argument, but. They're going with Carson Wentz, and uh, I think that's going to hurt this team. Uh, Carson Wentz is going to make some mistakes out there, and the Browns do have some dudes on defense, right? I mean, I, I don't know. If they just run the ball, and may- maybe this is a good Deshaun Watson game out of nowhere. Maybe it'll happen once before the season's over, but I don't even think you need it to to win this game in D.C., so I'll take the Browns plus two, and that wraps it up for my NFL picks and A.B.'s. Um, that's pretty much all I got here. It's it's not a great college hoops weekend. It, it feels like it should be uh, when U of L and U K play. There, there's usually a bunch of other fun matchups. Uh, Connecticut Xavier is it twelve? You'd be hard pressed to find a TV slot for that, given that Iowa, Kentucky, Alabama, Kansas State, and Louisville, Kentucky are all on at twelve. But Connecticut's undefeated. They're ranked number two. They're one of the funnest, most dominant, defensively sound college basketball teams out there right now. Uh, maybe the best team in ball. And Xavier is very quietly ranked 22nd. They won at St. John's last night. They were fantastic. I have to watch a little bit of it. They're 15th in points, uh, 9th in field goal percentage, uh, 5th in 3-point field goal percentage. Like, this team can, can score. You don't hear Xavier and think, wow, they can probably really fill it up. And they can. I like Xavier to win this one. I think they hand Connecticut their first loss. Arizona, Arizona State, that game always gets a little crazy, especially when Arizona State hosts it. Arizona State has, like, a great win or two, and then that horrible loss. I think San Francisco beat them by, like, 90 or something like that. Um Obviously, you know I'm an Arizona guy through and through now this this team has won my heart so I like Arizona to win that game again, no lines for anything like this uh, Oregon State, Oregon late night both those teams are are pretty damn bad but it uh, usually cool colors cool rivalry um, it, an enjoyable watch if you if you do have the time but I don't think you're gonna have to worry about it. I think uh, it's it's all college football on Saturday and uh, all NFL on Sunday and all college football on Friday too they There's some really, really fun games out there. Um, And that wraps it up for this uh, solo episode of Red Talk. Hopefully you didn't hate it too much. Hopefully we get Austin back next week. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. And enjoy yourself. Be safe out there on the roads. And we will see you next week. TTYL.